ABMP Associated Bodywork and Massage Professionals is proud to sponsor the interdisciplinary podcast from Heal Well. Massage therapists and body workers who join ABMP get meaningful resources that make a difference in your career, including free online CE courses, online scheduling included with the ABMP Pocket Suite app, and comprehensive liability insurance that provides protection and peace of mind. Can't get enough podcast inspiration and information? Listen for the ABMP podcast with regular guest hosts Ruth Warner and Allison Denny. Discover why members expect more and get more at abmp.com. Welcome to the very end of season nine of Interdisciplinary. All tears may be shed now. Please grab your Kleenex. (laughs) Okay, this is very sad. I am also sad, but I enjoyed this wonderful journey with you all. So today we are going to chat about our wonderful journey, exploring information and research. If you are have a hankering for more, then uh, don't forget you can join us at the end of February. We'll be working hard from now, well, from like next week and then until February. Maybe not so much working hard next week as it's the mystery time between Christmas and New Year's where nobody knows what day it is. But after that, nose to the grindstone making a great conference for y'all so come buy a ticket there'll be information in the show notes for you i have less notes than i normally do today so we're uh we're ambling along excellent so everyone we have we have a pun we have a calcates pun yes calcates what is your pun you know, uh, last night a storm blew off 25% of my roof. Oof. Uh, <laughs> how timely of you. Thank you. Don't make uh, me spell. No, solid. I thought it would take a few more seconds than that. Well done, folks. Well for done. all of you listeners in the future, uh, Snowmageddon starts tomorrow for some of us. That's right. Snowmageddon. Large storm coming. I live in Michigan and we are predicting 55 mile an hour winds. So I hope I have an oof by the end of it. Bomb cyclone. Did you guys hear that in in Denver, the the temperatures is not a pun. The temperature dropped 37 degrees in one hour. I saw that. (gasps) Worst hour ever. Right? Could you imagine if you just went out, like, I'm just going to get to pick up like cheese or something. (laughs) I do. For instance. For right. instance. Yes. You get back to your car and you're like, why won't the door open? I don't understand. Yeah. Why are my hands blue? Exactly. This is, this is not good. Oh, so disturbing. Yeah. Has has anybody ever heard of a bomb cyclone before? I feel like this is the first time they've used the word bomb. Same. I, I feel okay. like when I lived in Chicago, I heard that before. Yeah. Okay. In, in Boston, we we had them. Yeah. And it just means that the temperature plummets, right? I mean, that's the that's the bottom yeah. part. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I like yeah. I like that meteorologists are to try and real hard. Well, I feel like, you know, we had the polar vortex. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I'm used like, to. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder what, what the next sort of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the meteorologist in Chicago. What is his name? Oh, Tom Skilling. Have you all ever heard of Tom Skilling? I don't mm-hmm. know if he's oh. still active or not, but it was just so sweet how excited he would get. Like when we had oh. thunder snow, it's like, guys, it's going to snow and there will be thunder. It's amazing. Like he loved his job, man. 
That's, I think that's, you know, there's a job for everybody out there. <laughs> I, I feel like you'd have to, because that seems like one of those jobs that if you didn't love it, whoa, man. It does. Yeah. 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 What was this season about? <laughs> well, I love my job. <laughs> I, I do want to, before we move away from this, I do want to put in a plug for like Snolotov cocktail. Like I think, okay, I think yeah, real yeah. options for future weather madness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, email us at podcast at right. with your um, suggestions. Sleet grenades. Sleet grenades. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, and um, you know, if we get some good ones, maybe we'll read them out when we restart season ten. Maybe in January. you'll be the fun. Maybe That's you'll right. be the fun. Be, be the, the pun, pun people wish to see in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listeners, I am so sorry. <laughs> guys, we I hope you weren't expecting a serious conversation. Today. We covered right. so much ground in this season. Like I forgot all the cool people we talked to when I was looking at it. Like we talked to Whitney Lowe. We talked to Adrian Asta. We talked to, um, oh, doggone it. Now I can't. Oh, Taylor Zhao, the librarian. Mm-hmm. That the was loud librarian. Cool. Yeah. yeah, Lauren Fowler, who Lauren had the Fowler, ghost oh my picture. Gosh, that was amazing. Kathy yeah. Ryan, of course. Matt um, Hudson. Matt Hudson. Matt Hudson. And, and Harry Pickens. Both Mr. Harry Pickens. Making, making reruns. Totally. Repeat appearances. <laughs> I feel like we're going to have to... Do you guys remember that Saturday Night Live sketch about the Five Timers Club? Um, and like... They would have like ho- they had hosts on who had who had hosted a bunch of times and there was like a secret club for them. And it was like Steve Martin and um Christopher Walken and Yeah, a bunch yeah. of people. They had special purple like velvety robes and like when you were <laughs> a guest for the fifth time, you got to like hang out in the exclusive like five timers uh room. So I don't know, like Matt Hudson, Harry Pickens, like some of these folks will have to we'll have to start keeping track and see if we owe them a purple robe. Or a yeah. blue robe, maybe a heel oh, right. robe. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll some heel well gloves. Gloves. Like, that's what I was thinking. Like heel gloves. Handsy. We'll have to. And you we'll could do the symbol that. yourself. It'd be great. That's right. Um, <laughs> fabulous. So, what did you guys learn this season? Did you learn some things? I mean, I learned about Halo and staying awake, and I'm telling everyone that trick. Seriously. Yeah, my my Clay is not excited about the information we learned from Lauren Fowler about <laughs> video games and what they do to your alertness and all that. <laughs> and why you shouldn't play them three hours before bed. I imagine exactly. that was not a hit. Yeah. Yeah. The three hours, it's like they heard me say that and they were like, nope. Mm-mm. Um, and I think it's interesting that when you look at like they just got a book for Christmas, um, and it it it's about like how to be how to become an amazing teenager and one of the chapters is about sleep and sleep hygiene mm. and i feel like it's really standard that it's an hour like no one says mm-hmm. 3 hours mm-hmm. you know the studies say 3 hours but like when we're actually talking to kids about what and people about what they should be doing i think we've just given up on the idea that people would actually use the information to change their behavior I feel like it's like the food pyramid, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a great episode of maintenance phase, by the way. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but what we learned is nobody would do what was actually good for them. So we gave them changed. something else. We changed yes. our recommendations to yeah. make an attempt. 
maybe. So you won't do what's good for you, Liz. So let's have you do what's less bad. That's yeah. right. Here's the better than nothing approach. Yeah. 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 I, as a person who plays a lot of video games, telling me to play three hours less in the evening is like, but then there's nothing left. What, what if I then just all gone bed later? <laughs> I mean, I go to, let's be honest. I go to bed at like eight 30, maybe. So yeah. yeah. Well, and does, does, does watching pro wrestling count? I hope not because that comes on at 8 PM and 10 PM. Let Same. me tell you, do you know how yeah. like how often I manage the Friday night, 10 PM start time? Oh, no. Gotta take a snack. <laughs> Definitely a disco nap to make that happen. Oh, it's <laughs> Tony Khan, if you're listening, please change it. Thank you. Okay, that's my bitch. Okay, excellent. Um, I, I feel like, I don't know if there are people who actually don't think that information like impacts them or is like a huge part of their lives, but I feel like the array of guests we had really hammered home the truth that we are using information all the time and that we all have our weird little styles of how to use it. And like, you know, that we had like Taylor talking about how people come to her seeking help to use information and how some like basic retooling can make a big difference. But then, you know, we talked with Harry about how he used information that was out there as well as information coming from inside him and like the balance of that. Um, I feel like it's just another, it's obvious that part of why we struggle with information is that there's so much nuance and so much sort of like there are layers of things. Well, and I feel like that internal external is a really interesting theme that recurred throughout the season too, because when Corey and I spoke to Dr. Hudson, he talked about the same, uh, you know, basically structuring research around the internal versus the external questions. And, and I think that to me, that that's a really interesting point that a lot of our guests talked about, about like what happens with the information on the inside of you and then on the outside of you and on the inside of organizations and then outside of them. And, you know, I think that that's a really, um, to me, a neat thing to keep track of and to notice. Well, it's interesting to me too, with that inside and outside, how that affects the interpretation of information as valid or useful or, you know, relevant. Yeah. Um, and how that come, how deeply that comes from a worldview that is crafted by your place in society and you know your upbringing and things that we don't even think on the surface may not even think play into information, but it's right there in the what is the document, Corey? The, the um, framework for information literacy and higher education. There we yeah. go. What's the, where the first principle is that what is it? Information is contextual and. Um, authority is contextual and constructed. Yeah. 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 So who do you trust and why? And there is no right answer at all. And it changes all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's, a, that is, I think, a thing that is, uh, I feel like I, I knew, but didn't know, like mm. all the way know. Um, and to take that in and, and bring that out into every aspect of my life where there is information, like including the information about where's the good place to buy vegetables, you know, or how, if, when you walk into a grocery store, is this a good grocery store or a bad grocery I just bought a bunch of 
prep because it's going to be snowmageddon here. So I've got grocery <laughs> stores on the brain. Yes. Um, but how all of that comes from like upbringing and assumptions and biases and whatever that, that, uh, it's your implicit bias again. It's Terry's <laughs> favorite subject. <laughs> and if you take our heal well class, it'll be yours too. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, Rebecca. I think that we really, yeah, and to your point, Cal, like we underestimate how we use information and how we use information for everything and that we don't really examine where where that came from. I've also been thinking lately about how you can take the same piece of information and get something completely different from it mm. and how difficult that makes creating education. Um, as a not education related example, um, my husband really enjoys TikTok and I really enjoy listening to him talk about TikTok so I don't have to watch it myself because that would be a really dangerous <laughs> and terrible idea. So um, he fills me in occasionally on excellent tidbits. And one of them was about finding the best Chinese restaurant in your area. And it was to look for 3.5 stars because um, any place that is authentically Chinese is probably not going to have spectacular customer service and people are going to get upset by it, but their food's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. So like, does 3.5 mean that they suck or does 3.5 mean that they're amazing? That's so <laughs> funny. We were just looking up this Chinese restaurant that is like right under our noses. It's called Andy's Carryout, which, and we've never really noticed it. We're like, what do they even sell in there? We're like, oh. Cause we're always looking for good Chinese food mm -hmm. and Carrie went online and looked and she's like, mm. basically people were like, yeah, I mean, it's Chinese food and they're kind of rude. And we're both like, mm, I don't know. And like, but such a good point, like, <laughs> you know, from my paradigm, a 3.5 is like, I might get listeria, but right. if I have the background information, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I wonder, you know, I think about the, obviously there are, there are funny implications of this, but also like I just started reading Rest is Resistance and Trisha oh, Hersey so talks good. about how, you know, she basically was forced to have a C-section by a white female obstetrician because she her family has big babies. And the doctor's impression was that she might even be having twins and that the baby was just going to be too big for her to, to deliver. And Trisha Hersey said to the doctor, like, this baby is going to be eight pounds and I can deliver it. But the wheels of medicine turned and she had a C-section and the baby was eight pounds. And she said, I knew it was going to be eight pounds, but there I was voiceless. I had no ability to, you know, counteract what this physician was sure she knew, which also what she was sure she knew was that if she tried to deliver and it went bad, she'd be sued. And how that information figured into this healthcare decision and that you know, I think it's all about like what information gets to come into the equation. And if, and if hospital liability is part of the information, you know, and I, I think we're, we're constantly in our lives in all kinds of ways, measuring risk with information and, and leaving out or bringing in information, depending on what will happen if the risk sort of like is realized and who will suffer from that or, and what is, what is suffering? I mean, you can feel like the pyramid of questions that go into <laughs> how do we use this information? Yeah. And that, in the context too, because that, that story reminds me of the story that, that um, Harry told about uh, when he was in the ER and I was actually present for this. Um, and he was, you know, trying to explain to the doctor his lived and known experience of having had heart arrhythmias before. And this, physician 
um, just was, I would describe him as bordering on hostile. I think Harry was very kind, but he seemed like he was bordering on hostile with wanting to assert his rightness. And so much of that has to do with context, right? I thought about it later and I'm like, okay, so I'm not saying or deciding that this is a bad person, but this is a physician who works in the ER. He's got to decide fast and know things fast and be really confident in his decisions. So um, where is the place for listening? Yeah. Well, and I think we've hit on another episode or a season that we should explore down the road. I know we've got a couple seasons lined up in terms of topics, but the value of what we would call intuition and sort of, you know, there has been quite a bit of research about intuition and what it is and what informs it. And um, I think there are people who could speak really intelligently about how to strike that balance. And I think as massage therapists in particular, um, I don't know if this is true of, I guess it, it would be true of other healthcare providers um, intuition factors into how, how we, how effective we are. And I, I think that our, our lack of like a really meaningful understanding of what intuition is leads us to both rely on specious information, but also to over-prioritize what we consider intuition. And there's like this weird pride about not having empirical data and just feeling a thing but there is something to that. And like, how how do we, I mean, I think you said it perfectly, Rebecca, when you were saying like, yeah, it's pretty clear that that information that comes from the inside is not culturally valued. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we just flip it and start valuing intuition over information, you know, over mm-hmm. empirical data. But I do think there could be a much stronger balance and um, it's, there have to be some major cultural changes for that to happen. But Yeah. Well, and I think it's important to note, um, as I think we would all agree, it's what you look like on the outside affects how your inside information is valued in a way that has nothing to do with quality of the information. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Boom. Well, friends, I am very excited to see what comes out of the, uh, the symposium in February and what our guests uh, and speakers invite our attendees to think and the conversations that will follow from that. I mean, I, I really think that it's it's going to change the way people think and practice. Um, and I, I love that we got to sample some of those folks and their willingness to just go to the, to the I don't know places and to acknowledge that. And, um, you know, a two-day virtual event, I think, after COVID is sometimes frightening to people, but I think it's going to be a two-day off the hook event um, with people really saying the things that make you think the things and feel the things. Oh my gosh, you guys, Corey found almost all of these speakers and like seriously kudos to you because not only are they amazing, smart people, but they're so engaging. And I'm so, I'm so excited also for the symposium because it's not just a two day virtual conference of talking heads. Like it's really interactive. There's going to be so much going on you're going to forget you're not actually in the room with other people. It's going to be so fun. You should be there. It was so funny talking to people to speak for this because like the conversation would always start out with like, I have this conference that I'd want you to speak on. And they'd be like, okay, a conference. And I'd be like, yes. And it's about information and research. And they'd be like, oh, I like information and research. (laughs) And then I'd be like, and I want you to be as entertaining as possible. And like anything you want to do, there's audience interactions options we can talk about. You can 
just have conversations. You can do pretty much whatever you want as long as you deliver the information you think is correct about this topic. And please tell me if there's stuff that I'm missing about this topic that you would like to talk about. And everybody just blossomed in the Zoom yes. calls. <laughs> they were all like, oh, a conference where I get to talk about what I like in an excited manner. Okay, uh, let me think about that. I'll get back to you. And it's like, fabulous. Please, yeah. please go do what you love and yeah. Yeah. bring it. Awesome. And it's, February. it's entirely real smart women, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, it is. All the women folk. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I was looking at our list and I was like, Dr. This person, Dr. This person, Dr. This person, University of This person. Wow, look at all these people we know. Like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and all these people that you can know too if you come. Yes. That's right. That's yeah. right. Very, very different topics too. Um, so some of the people are talking about more general things, but their jobs are more specific things. I believe we have a person who does, um, Nancy Steinberg does, I think, marine mm -hmm. stuff, but is just going yes, to talk so about excited. information translation. So, like, and Dr. Fowler was all about the neuroscience and sleep, which is a thing I know only peripherally about. So, um, and Taylor wants to know everything, it sounds like. So that was good. Yes. And of Definitely. course, our old bestie, Kathy Ryan, will be fascinating yes. you all with yes. even oh, yes. more new fascist stuff. So yeah, exactly. we got it and all. Corey and I will be duking it out. Oh, that's right. We will. Yeah. Yeah, about. I started looking at costumes yesterday. Did you? Excellent. I, did. I got my luchador mask ready. We need yes. to get you a luchador name. We do. We do. We'll have to think about that. So email us at podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you have a luchador name for Cal Kate. Oh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> That's going to be good stuff. Yeah. Include luchador in the subject line or not. I don't care. No. Yeah, yeah, make it a surprise. Yeah. Right. Puns and <laughs> names and all the things. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> Happy yeah. holidays. Thanks yeah. everybody yeah. for sticking with us another season and learning the things and bringing them to the people. And really, please, please, please join us for Within Reach. It is going to be fantastic. You want to be there. And the early bird pricing ends January 10th. So do not delay. Do not right. delay. Right. And many, many thanks um, to ABMP for sponsoring this season again. Mm -hmm. and um, to all of you for listening and being with us. Oh, and you can check out our amazing full page ad. Oh, oh that's, that's right. right. In the massage, in massage and body, body work. work yeah. Yes. yes. And, and the amazing video that's going to go with the that's digital really version. That's really what I was plugging. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> you got to see the video, people. People. <laughs> it's, it's your friends. It, it really is. It's the best. And, um, you know, after you watch it, you know what you can do. Jerry. Email us. <laughs> I just want email. Yeah. I just want some email. email. Tell us that you love us. <laughs> I want you guys to become Patreons because, I mean, Corey and I had so many fun conversations and have so many more coming up about the world of cartoons and anime we yes. have all sorts of other fun secret squirrel stuff conversations about food rants from cal kates everything some so podcast you... extras because sometimes we turn extras. on record early and uh <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah that happens yeah <laughs> yeah so please patreon.com slash interdisciplinary one dollar a month that's right get in on all of this good stuff Right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thanks. We'll see you in the new year. year.
Interdisciplinary is produced by Heelwell. Our theme music is by Harry Pickens. New episodes are available weekly through your favorite podcast outlet. Uh, and you can send us an email at podcast at That's podcast at Thanks for listening.